Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profits. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp Revolution? My guest today is Dan Crippen. Dan Crippen started the Foundation for Industrial Hemp Production and Research. The Foundation is playing an important part in the revitalization of industrial hemp as the most cost-effective and environmentally friendly cash crops on the planet Earth. Dan's mission is to conduct research on and raise awareness of industrial hemp and its many uses. So, Dan, welcome to the iHemp Revolution. Hey, Coach Freddie, and thank you for having me. Well, and, you know, Dan, I understand that your initial uh, focus is on using industrial hemp as a biofuel to reduce our dependence on some of the other harmful energy sources. Now, can you give us a little background on yourself and why industrial hemp? What was the reason for getting into industrial hemp in the first place? All right. Um, and, and once again, you know, I, I just want to reiterate that uh, thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity to be on here and let everyone know that, you know, this is something that drives me, but it's also something that I really want to see arise within um, society as a whole. And it, since since I was young, I, I was in freshman year of high school is when I really got introduced to industrial hemp. And, you know, it was on a research project in my engineering class, and the teacher actually ended up really, really supporting me in that. Um, I found industrial hemp online. He had asked us to do a little uh, searching, really find something that stuck out to us that would that would change society, and that that was the goal of the project. So it really kind of fits with what we're what we're doing here today. Really trying to change society by discussing you know, the topics that are that are most important in the industries that are affected by them. So from this project, I basically cultivated this aspiration of, of becoming an industrial hemp tycoon. And through this pursuit, you know, I had done research all, all throughout the rest of the years. And uh, as I grew older and older, I, I realized that you can't attack this full on. You can't just say, all right, well, industrial hemp needs to be in everything, and I'm going to pursue industrial hemp in everything. Um, as far as, you know, breaking the surface tension that's suppressing this industry, um, we, we really wanted to find somewhere that we'd be able to, to poke a pin at, you know, really make a, a pressure point that's got a small surface tension and, and break through with a booming market. And what we found was that through our research, the industries that it's going to arise in, whether it be paper, whether it be um, construction or, or even medicine, all these industries are second in, in the overall relevance to the at least the United States market. When you look at the top manufacturing industries within the United States, 
you find that the very first, the number one manufacturing industry running everything at this point in time is petroleum refineries. And so that's that's really where we decided to come in at. And uh, I, I feel like that's going to be an important part in, in making sure that what we're doing here as far as spreading awareness and really making sure that the research and production is possible, um, you know, making sure that we develop a, a substitute through um, industrial hemp and, and these different things to, to really drive out that number one harmful manufacturing industry. And so that's where I come from, is this desire to really create a brighter, greener future for everyone in the world by supplementing industrial hemp for those things that, that really do drag down our society. Well, that's great, uh, Dan. Um, now, I know you live in Florida and you want to start something in Florida, but, you know, in industrial hemp, but, but why Florida? And, you know, that's something I've really had to ask myself a few times now because, uh, once again, people bring this to me time and time again. You know, industrial hemp is beneficial for everyone everywhere. Um, it, it can grow at a rate like no other plant. It, it can pro produce and, and create processes that are unique to only industrial hemp and basically spur industries that only industrial hemp can do. Um, I recently saw something the other day that basically stated that industrial hemp can not only be used as graphene, can be used to make graphene, but it can also be used as a supercapacitor in and of itself. If you take the hemp fibers, they will in and of themselves conduct electricity. Now, that's something I didn't even know. So when people bring that question to me, you know, why Florida? I really have to sit and ask myself, you know, what are the things about Florida? Because Florida is a, geo, a geological location. You know, you're looking at a map, and the only thing differentiating Florida from Europe is the location on the map. So, um, you know, looking at that, the things that makes Florida unique is the fact that we've got a year-round cultivating season. So that, with industrial hemp, it, it makes it so that the production... Um, and harvesting of hemp can happen three to four times a year as compared to some of the colder climates up in, in the northern United States. Even if you just go as far as Georgia, um, you know, some parts of Georgia do experience snowfall. And even if it's not necessarily getting snowfall, simply extreme cold can stunt crops as they grow through the winter time. So being in Florida, the temperature never really gets lower than about 40 degrees, 40 or 50 degrees. And with that in mind, you know, these crops growing all throughout the winter, at this point you're turning what would have been, you know, upwards of 1,200 pounds of biomass per acre, or 1,200 tons of biomass per acre, you're turning that into, you know, multiples of that within one year. And when you look at other cash crops that are comparable to that, whether it be corn or soy or anything else, even if you were growing them here in Florida, um, it, it still wouldn't stand a chance as to compare to what industrial hemp can achieve. Um, one of the things we were looking at initially to kind of 
substitute industrial hemp within our own supply chain was switchgrass. And, you know, we were looking into what it would take to start up a plot of this, harvest it, you know, really utilize this in the same aspect that we, we would be seeking to use industrial hemp in producing biodiesel. And when we started looking into it, you know, yeah, it grows to be several feet tall in, in about the same amount of time. But this is a plant that, you know, brush fire spreads rapidly through. Pests are one of the main destructive forces of the plant. And then any sort of chill factor, even if it's in the middle of the summer, will destroy the entire crop. So although this is a productive plant, it's so weak and feeble that you're not really able to use it like you're able to use industrial hemp. And so that's why, you know, we really want to make sure that we take advantage of the position that Florida has, this unique uh, environment and climate, and make the most of it, as well as the fact that Florida's got a sort of struggling agricultural economy going on mm -hmm. right now. Yes. Orange crops are, are starting to uh, fail a bit. They got disease and things going through them. So, um, you know, really bringing up industrial hemp for farmers to supplement that lost income, making sure that they do have a safety net available. That, that's another thing that's going to be beneficial about Florida as well. What yeah. industry do you see growing the fastest um, from the hemp industry? What I see coming up the fastest, uh, as you said, I, I do see construction actually coming up um, as the most advocated use of industrial hemp thus far, uh, most widespread to say the least. Even if you're not growing industrial hemp in a state, people are still looking to build industrial hemp houses in that state, um, e even if that's simply to do their own raising of awareness and different things like that. Um, so construction is definitely the one to, to keep an eye on. And any construction, you know, businesses that are involved within industrial hemp construction and contracting, you know, definitely if they're live on the market, you may want to pick them up. But, you know, obviously I'm no financial expert or investor, so don't take my word for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, one, of the, one industry that I would say I'm most excited to see come up is going to be the paper, paper and textiles industry. Um, before I was looking into biodiesel, that, that was the route I was hoping to go through. And, and I wanted to store up enough paper to provide 50 colleges around the United States for an entire semester so they could provide it for all their teachers, all their students, through any of their departments, um, you know, really just make sure that it, it, it reached a full penetration of society because um, aside from pollution and different things like that, one of the largest harms to our planet that's currently occurring is the excessive use of lumber and mills and different things, lumber operations that are pulling down mass amounts of trees. You know, the, the paper industry is really the one that I'm most excited to see industrial hemp grow within. Um, but construction's where I, I see it currently occurring, yeah. So uh, back to Florida again, and you had mentioned uh, that some of the, the crops that were failing there and Florida may have some actual land that's not being utilized. Can you see hemp being grown there right away? Oh, yeah, and that, that's one of the things that 
um, incredibly um, emphatic about. It's simply encouraging people to look around them here in Florida. When you drive from here in Orlando to Tampa on the West Coast, uh, Orlando is just a, a little bit away from the East Coast, um, you, you see on both sides of the highway spanses of land, just acre after acre, that are that are mowed over. There's no trees on them because they've been prepared for agriculture or, you know, grazing or cattle, but there's absolutely nothing there. You know, a few farmers have put some cattle up on their land, on their land, but you never actually see any crops growing. And you may actually, in fact, see um, one or two petroleum drills operating along the highway. So, you know, th this is something where the land, as as citrus crop has kind of died down, I, I've got a presentation that has a great example of how, um, you know, the citrus economy is dwindling. But as that's died down, you know, these farmers have either had to sell off their land or find other ways to, to make their money, whether it be switching to other crops or switching to cattle. Um, which in and of itself has its own questionable, you know, con uh, con connotations. But uh, when when we want to put industrial hemp in its place, this is going to be something that is going to cure the fear that people have. For some reason, people have this fear that as we advocate for biofuels, we're going to be using and land that that's inhabited by animals already that's already being used as forest being used by nature and to me that's absurd I, I have not heard one account of a business actively going and cutting down trees to plant biofuel crops um, and, and you know all those articles that I do see about that uh, I just kind of pass them off as, you know, simple propaganda. But, you know, that is a fear that people have, that this land is something that's not available. There's no farmland available to to plant more crops on. It's already being used for, for corn ethanol. When you come down here to Florida, you'll notice that it's not only thousands of acres that are available. There are millions of acres of land available down here that are that are just not being used. And and so bringing that up, um, there is a, a, state's, a state representative, Michelle Raywinkle, who's, who's an advocate for industrial hemp. So I do believe that once reform for with the legislation is taken place, has taken place, um, I really do think it's going to boom down here. Yes. Yeah, I think you, you bring up a good point about the, the growing season there. And I think that uh, Florida has a great future in industrial hemp. How do you see the industrial hemp changing our culture? Um, that, that's one thing that I can kind of take, and, and I want to say obviously that I'm biased in this, but I see industrial hemp basically turning our culture on its head. Um, everything from the prison systems to medicine to obviously construction, every industry is touched by industrial hemp. So once 
governments and um, nation states, different organizations start taking on industrial hemp as not only a good product, but as a good cause, we're going to see uh, a vast push away from all the other all the other detrimental practices that are going on. And I just think that it's a matter of knowledge at this point that people do not know the true potential of industrial hemp um, and what it can do for their community. Uh, I, I know at least for the biodiesel company that I am looking to start, um, we, we do have a model that allows for an entire community to be built around our business. Our business will end at our exit and it's going to begin at our entrance. We're not going to take our business out within the community because we really want to allow people to build businesses based on our foundation for hemp. Um, we we want to advocate people starting up their own waste oil disposal program to provide feedstocks to the biodiesel facility. We want to advocate people starting up their own fuel distribution industry just so that they can come about and spread the, the new, more environmentally friendly fuels. We want to advocate people starting up their own hemp paper company so that we honestly, so that we don't have to be there doing that, but so that we can know that someone is taking it on full-heartedly. Um, it, if it does come down the road, people haven't really taken industrial hemp paper to where we want to see it, we'll, we'll take it there ourselves. But until then, um, we really want to put it in other people's hands because that's, that's how hemp is going to grow. Seeds don't spread themselves. They need people to carry them. And, you know, that that's one thing that I, I do want to see is each and every community adopting industrial hemp as their basis for survival. And I feel like that's something that's missing out of each and every city and, and the majority of states. They don't have this, um, they don't have a good idea of where their, uh, where their surplus is coming from. It's always seems to be coming from just some mysterious corporation where we should know that our surplus is coming from this industrious crop. Okay. And, cool. and that's where it will come from. Super. Well, Dan, I want to really thank you for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution. And how can people find you? All right. Uh, our website, you can go ahead and find us on www.f. I-H-P-R dot org and uh, they can email me anytime at F-I-H-P-R dot today the word today at gmail dot com well great you know again I want to thank you uh, for being on the IHAMP Revolution and I would like to thank all our listeners for tuning in and making make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes and give us a review and please tell your friends and help spread the word on Facebook and Twitter and all the social media uh, this is your host Coach Freddie inspiring people to do the things that inspire them and thanks for joining the iHemp revolution.